Welcome to Game Devs Quest, your once weekly podcast, following us on our journey, on our quest, nay, our adventure into game development. Of course, I'm Rhett. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Taylor. And, uh, yeah, keeping it cool, baby, just (laughs) keeping it cool, cool as cats, you know what I'm saying, baby? Hmm. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god yeah welcome to game devs quest uh this has been kind of a recovery week uh i yeah. have not spoken to Rhett since uh saturday i think yeah well and, uh, you know we got done with the game jam we got done with the conference and well first of all last week utter hell week for me um performances and and everything yeah and like working and performing and then for some reason you know the weeks leading up to that i thought hey the game jam and the game conference will be like really easy to squeeze in here (laughs) and and they were but uh they were really taxing on my energy reserves and um so even after the game uh enjoy game dev conference I was done. I packed up and I went to the theater, played a show. Um and then I did the same thing again. I got home like late that night, had to wake up early for the matinee. Went over there and played another show. And then on Monday and Tuesday, I ended up working <laughs> at my regular job. And luckily though, I will say this was super recharging. On Tuesday, my boss was like Hey, well, you need to come in like later tonight. So, like, why don't you just take off early? And I, and I had like, I don't know, eight hours or so before I needed to be at the theater. And I was on my motorcycle, so I was like, okay. So I started riding home on the motorcycle, on the motorbike, and uh, I freaking rode it for like four hours, four and a half hours, <laughs> just riding and, around. Yeah. Dude, I like went up in the hills, um, found some really great roads, and I was up there. And um, before I knew it, there was like a point where I was like up, kind of in the mountains, like on some back roads, like near I don't know, like I guess like Mill City-ish area, except like further north. And um, and then I came back in, and all of a sudden I realized I was like on the back roads, like kind of. Uh, you know, above sort of like Scotts Mills, like Molala area, you know. Mm-hmm. And I set out on this journey to find this this park that me and John Blatchford used to abandon high school for. We'd just like go <laughs> drive up to this bullshit park for some reason. Make no sense, like. But you know, that's what high schoolers do, I guess. And I sort of realized when I was in that area, so I I I had no cell phone service, so I just kind of started riding around on the roads like trying to find it and it took me a while but i ended up finding this park that we used to do school for it was so cool and so i i hung out there a little bit and 
And I, I had my backpack on uh, with me because I was at work and everything. And I always carry um, like a notebook with me wherever I go, a notebook and pen for whatever reason. Uh, so I spent some time over underneath this tree over by this little stream and did some notebooking. Nice. And, uh, dude, it was like super recharging. Like when I got home, like I just felt like, I mean, it was kind of exhausting. It was like a physically exhausting ride because it was so long and, um, I didn't pack any water, but the, uh, the park where I was has like a natural spring. So I was like drinking some natural spring water and stuff. But it's like, by the time I got home, I was like really wiped out, but like (laughs) super, just super charged, you know? They say like going into the Nate into nature is like one of the best ways to, you know, feel that way. Just disconnect and. Well, yeah. Well, you know, they say that that's kind of like they're saying, quote unquote, like the cure for ADD. Really? They're finding, they're finding that kids who spend about 20 minutes uh, surrounded by nature are pretty much like 95% less likely to have ADD or to exhibit any symptoms. Huh. That's crazy. Um, And they're saying like it counts even if it's just like walking through a park on your way home, like on your way to school or from school or like anything like that. Hmm. Just like exposure to it helps. Interesting. That's crazy. Which um, I couldn't help, dude. There are so many, like up on these back roads, dude. Like the roads are just overgrown with blackberry bushes, and so as I'm zooming through, like I'm just getting bombarded with the smell of blackberries. Oh, yeah, and it, I, I literally, like, it, this is, sounds so stupid, but I, I s- could not help but just like smile the whole time. I'm like, right. I rode down like a road. I rode down a road that was like seven miles of overgrown blackberry bushes on this road and it was just the smell was amazing <laughs> and i was smiling like the whole time <laughs> freaking red just like so happy in his little like utopia oh dude yeah yeah they, they uh it was it's what i needed they cleared out a whole bunch of blackberry or like briar bushes uh on the path i take when i ride my bike to work and it's the same thing dude like there was tons of blueberry or blackberries uh, before that, but you couldn't really smell it. But when they cleared it out, dude, it was just like now it smells like you remember Smuckers uh, going to Woodburn. Yeah, you just smell that really like sweet smell of jam. It basically smells like that yeah. now on my way to work. It's kind of nice. <laughs> my other favorite smell is um, every once in a while near the end of the summer. Uh, there's a couple fields around my house that grow peppers. Oh. And the sweet heavenly smell of peppers in the air really? when you drive past those fields. It's like the best. I don't know if I've ever smelled that. Oh, it's so good. Uh, there is a field over there by uh, the Central Hal gas station like the last couple years that have grown peppers. Um, but it's like a very, very short window. Like, I didn't know that it's that fast that they grow them and harvest them. Yeah, dude. Farming's crazy. I used to work on farms growing up all the time. So, but I'd always just smell like cauliflower. That, yeah. that always stank. And cabbage. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> you drive through it and people that don't know that that's what it is are like, God, what, what is that smell? Like, you know, it kind of, cause it smells 
like someone pooped or something almost. It's yeah. god awful. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> you know, yesterday was my anniversary. I know, and... happy anniversary, dude. I was I was like can't believe it's been 4 years. I know. It's, it's crazy. fucking crazy. Yeah. Um time flies when you're having fun, my man. Mm-hmm. Um anyway, But sorry. uh no, it's all right. I was buying flowers like you do. Um and I was looking at different bouquets and there was this one I was like, damn, that's pretty bouquet. And there was like some flower like in the middle of it that was like green and kind of purplish. But I don't know what it was and I touched it and like the leaves were like really freaking thick. It like looked different than anything I knew and I pulled it out and I was like, Is that fucking cabbage? <laughs> I was thinking and you I, were gonna say that. And I took it up to the counter and I was like, What is this? And they're like that's cabbage. <laughs> they had a bunch of bouquets that had cabbage in the center. Uh, and they looked really pretty, but I was yeah. like, yeah, I'll get something else. Well, yeah, dude, there's lots of pretty plants, not just flowers. I mean, like, look at an eggplant, dude. Eggplants yeah. are like, their color is beautiful. Yeah. And they're just like so shiny and smooth. It's crazy. Yeah. How does nature make that? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, we just sounded so stoned right there. I know, like, I know. How did nature make that, bro? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, plants are weird. They're very weird. But they're good. <laughs> yeah, bro. And then what's even weirder is, like, you look at, like, some plants, a lot of plants, like, use the Fibonacci sequence to, oh, like, dude, determine... I know. The placement of their leaves. Yeah. Um, shoot. There's this amazing, uh, like, short documentary about uh, finding patterns in nature. You can watch it on. It's like a Nova special. Um, oh, nice. It's amazing. I need to. I need you to watch that. Uh, hang on. Now I'm not gonna be able to find it. I'm going to look for that link and, and put it in the show notes. Cause it's like, dude, when I watched that, I had no idea, like, and it blew my mind. It was all about like, you know, how it talks a lot about like computer graphics and how like we used math basically to, to make 3d simulations and stuff. But then it ties it into like everything in nature, like, can you can see the math in nature and it's just like the most mind-blowing thing ever so yeah i gotta find that it's pretty amazing dude oh, like I, I think it's called hunting the hidden dimension that sounds badass yeah like dude. that's a metal song yeah i know <laughs> that's a metal concept yeah, album dude. dude here i'm putting it in the show notes right now because it's everyone should watch it it's it's less than an hour, but it's like the most mind blowing thing ever. Yeah, add that to the show notes. Anyways. Uh speaking of which, speaking of math, uh I had a two day training this week at work that was all about application security and that also blew my mind. I was I'm pretty exhausted because I spent two days basically learning about like common security practices to thwart hackers 
And then at the end of the training, the coolest thing was they, they taught us all these different ideas. And then the last four hours of the training, they stood up an insecure application uh, that all of us had like individual access to. And then we got to hack it. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah. So like, you know, one of the most common ones, I don't know if it's still as common today, but um, have you heard of SQL injection? No. So SQL injection, uh, what it does is it allows you to inject um, queries, basically, into, like, web fields. Oh, yeah. And it allows you to, like, manipulate the database uh, that that the application is using. So, like, the example that we had was called Shadow Bank. That was the name of this website. And uh, so, you know, you're, you log in, username and password. Well, if you know how to use SQL, you can basically trick the username and password field to to do different things that you want to. So, for instance, like a normal SQL query would look like, you know, select, star, from, and then like a table name. And then you could give it conditions after that, like where username equals ret or whatever. And the star means like select every column in that table. So what you can do if you know that generally when the username, password, like login, uh, you can assume that they're saying something along the lines of like select star from, you know, the accounts database or table where username equals and then whatever the person puts in as their username, uh, that's like part of that that query and so if you uh trick it by putting in like garbage data like for instance um if you put a a single quote as the first character in that in the username field it can basically close off their part of their query and then you can put in other stuff in there like one of the ones that we used was like you close the the quote then you put or one equals one, which is always true. And then you comment out the rest of that line and it just gives you like a whole bunch of data. It's crazy. Like SQL injection is is crazy, dude. So obviously like best practice nowadays is to put things in place to prevent SQL injection or anything. This is, um, huh? sorry. I was just going to say this is like, this is stuff that like Vince... Whenever Vince, uh, who anybody listens to the show, hears me bring up the mythical Vince every once in a yeah. while, uh, he's an elusive creature. But uh, <clears throat> you know, he's always asking me like, "Hey, how's learning to code going? How's your game dev stuff going?" Uh-huh. I'm like, "Oh yeah, we're working on this, this, this." You know, and he's like, "Hey man, make sure you got that security in place. Yeah, <laughs> make sure you got that security in place." And he's like, "Don't make me have to figure out how to break your games and hack your shit." I'm like, "Well, we don't have any." any features like that right now but yeah. i definitely will i definitely will in the future and he's like good because i will <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay but he he that's like the crap he does all the time like yeah. it's so crazy yeah dude it was it was pretty mind-blowing like i don't it was interesting because like you know i i was invited to this with all of like the application developers in the city um and, you know, it's essential for them to know all this stuff. For me, it's just interesting. 
you know and and there were some takeaways that i got from my job but like i'm not nearly as skilled as any of them with programming and uh they had like this leaderboard going on the whole time it was fun you know everyone's like trying to break into this website and uh uh then there's like if you do a certain thing like one of the things uh that they wanted you to do was like break into a user's account and then steal all their money like transfer it to your own account and so when you do when you figured out how to do that then you'd get like points for that challenge and then you could look at the leaderboard and like i don't know so it's like this competition kind of but uh and everyone's like trying to hack it it was just it was crazy so sounds fun man you would have uh, been served well by the cybersecurity uh, humble Books. book bundle. I know. I should have bought um, it. Yeah, you should have. But um, interestingly enough, they say that the biggest weakness to any uh, system is not the cybersecurity measures they take, but the uh, measures they take with the people who help run it, moderate it, that sort of thing. Because mm. um, cons and social hacks are still like the biggest threats to security in the industry interesting yeah pretty much what i got from it is like don't don't really trust don't trust anything that's not under your control so like which i mean vetting people is definitely uh, huge but uh anything you get from like a user or the client you have to imagine that it's malicious because if you start trusting the client, then you're just going to get hacked. Yeah. But uh, there is a cool. website that, that the company, uh, the company is called Security Innovation. They have this website called canyouhack.us. And uh, if you go to that website, they have all these challenges you can try and do where you break their website. And, and if you do really well, then they, uh, they get notified and can offer you a job. <laughs> Which is kind of kind of that's cool. cool. Yeah, my uh, one of my coworkers is really interested in security and like, you know, white hacker or white hat hacker kind of stuff. Um, yeah. So he was asking the instructor like, "How do you get a job in security? Do I need like any of these credentials?" And he was like, "Well, if you're working for like the NSA or something big like that, probably need something. But for most of us, like the security field." is needing people and we don't have enough of them so if you can just demonstrate that you have the skills you could get a job easily so any of you hacks any of you guys interesting interested in that go to canyouhack.us and if you break it then you might get a pretty sweet job very cool yeah so that was pretty much my week i didn't spend very much time doing game dev i tried to uh do a little bit um but honestly, after the game jam, like I really needed to spend time with my wife, and I did. Yeah. I did actually think a lot about code, uh, especially because of that training, but also just because, you know, I was feeling pretty high from the, yeah, the game jam. And Dude, uh, for sure, I actually think that our Castle Master Faster Blaster game, uh, can be ported to mobile. Maybe less or much easier than I thought. Um, in one of the videos I was watching for our Udemy course, he was saying that one of the methods we use to like get user input on the Canon, uh, yeah. 
like I think it's on mouse down. He was saying that you could use that uh, for touch as well. It just works. So, oh. so I might actually try testing, putting it on my phone and just seeing what happens. Yeah. Good idea. <laughs> so make sure you have third party apps enabled, yeah. bro. Also, dang, dude, I don't know if we talked about this, but Jason scored like 10,000 points on our game. Yeah, utter bullshit, dude. <laughs> I played it at, while he was doing that. I was like, oh, fuck you, dude. I'm going to beat your score. I, can, I couldn't even get past 1,000. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how he did it. And he's like, does this game end? I'm like, why? Why the fuck are you asking? He's like, oh, good. It pauses when I shift tab out or whatever. <laughs> I'm like, you motherfucker, what 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 are you doing? And he like posts on Twitter his five thousand score. I'm like, Oh, you bitch. Yeah. So I'm like trying to do it. And then he's like, Yeah, so you're starting to get a little bored. I don't know if it like does it end? Like what happens? <laughs> I'm like, why? What are you at? And he's like, I'm at above ten thousand now. I'm like, I hate you. Yeah. I invented the damn thing. I was like, How are you doing this? And he's like, It's just timing, bro. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, thank you for describing the fucking way to beat the game I invented, you whore. <laughs> uh, well, we didn't we didn't do very much user testing, so here, there we go. No, that's totally fine. Actually, I was really happy. I was just like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. Anyway. Also, going on right now, TI7, dude, Dota 2. It is it over? No, it's going on or right no? now. Um, it's I think tomorrow might be the last day. I think there's only four teams left, maybe. Um, but EG got knocked out. They didn't even win a single game on the main stage this year, which was pretty wild because I watched. I think I watched three of the four that they played, and each of those three games, they were like doing really well in the beginning, and then they just like blew it. So Also uh they brought back PPD from from EG and put him on the yeah. panel. Yeah. Dude, guy is a dick. Like Um yeah, and I, I that's like the one thing I kept reading everywhere was like he needs to be moved to the other side of the table and all this other stuff. But yeah, it, that's something like when me and Max uh, Para had tried our hand at a Dota podcast. By the way, our first episode was amazing, but was corrupted <laughs> somehow. Oh. Um, we talked about like the standard of etiquette that like Dota, like professional Dota players should have, and not even just professional Dota players, but professional esports um, players in general. Yeah, should have, and it's like the bar is so fucking low that it's ridiculous. Yeah, I was oh. shocked. Like. I mean, well, dude, think about the culture that these people exist in. Yeah. Like, they exist in a fucking, like, digital world. They persist on the internet, much like we do. Like, I, I compare the average esports person to, like, the average, like, 4chan B oh, lurker God. or, like, or like Reddit lurker who, like, has, like, 15 anonymous accounts and just shit spams, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, because that seems to be, like, how they all behave. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, like, and, and, I will say there are exceptions, um, but it seems like most esports athletes are just like really immature shit lords. <laughs> yeah. Well, and like there's no women. Uh, it's all basically just young boys, basically, who are put put on this grand stage 
in yeah. front of millions of people. And not only that, the prize pool this year is like $24 million. Yeah, the winners of the grand finals will receive $10.5 million. It's crazy. Like, when I first watching, uh, started watching the International, I think it was either, I think it was TI2. Um, I think the prize pool was maybe $5 million total. You know? Yeah, well, the first time I watched TI was uh, TI2. And I think that was the one. Was that the one that got up to a million dollars? Like, oh, maybe uh, maybe I'm wrong. I thought it was five million, but but yeah, it's the just... first one I ever watched was the one the first one to ever like break a million dollars, like for the total like prize pool. It must have been Ti two. Like and the then... winner got like half a million or something. Yeah, it must have been Ti two, and then Ti three was the one that was like five million. But yeah, it's just crazy. And, and like watching the interviews, like they're all switching teams all the time and they have like this drama between each other. And so like the players are like trashing on other players. And uh, also, what? Th- yeah, it was weird. I was just really surprised. They're trying to make it like wrestling or some bullshit. Dude, or, I like, don't know. MMA fighting. I don't know. And the, uh. they have this uh, one woman analyst who like interviews the guys after the matches and so many of them were just so rude to her. I was like, wow, this is dumb. You know, it's Yeah. It, it's been my biggest complaint with esports, actually, and it's like why... I mean, I, I do enjoy watching and I enjoy the sport, um, but, like, especially when I was, uh, work, when I was working for uh, Flipside Tactics for that short time, mm-hmm. um, and, a, like, like, part of my responsibilities was like post-game recaps um and like interviewing the players and stuff just like written interviews yeah and um like flipside has like a world-class well they did at the time a world-class counter-strike go team yeah and so it was interesting to watch these matches and see all this stuff and then you know it was the same thing man like these like all these guys are just like so rude to people and especially the females like you're saying like it's just like what the fuck i know yeah it's crazy but <laughs> all that said i haven't played dota in a in a while and watching it like it's changed so much since i last played um yeah and it does kind of make me want to play like i was i was reminiscing with my coworker jason a little bit about when we were playing five stack like all the time like every wednesday we would play for like four hours or something yeah i haven't had that much fun playing a video game and i guess counter-strike when we were five stacking a lot was pretty fun oh counter-strike was fun dude but uh yeah i um i agree it's just time consuming Um, yeah it is at this point i find i find that i mean it is fun it it would be most fun to me to have 10 people and do 5v5s yeah like because I just don't care about the shitlords anymore. I, I don't know. care to go on and like, you know, have my feelings hurt or hurt somebody else's feelings over a game. Yeah. Like I find that playing one player games lately has just like restored my interest in video games as a whole. Yeah. And uh and when I think about like the fun to time ratio, um I can do game dev or I can make music or I can write or I can play a single player game. 
And when the time's done, whether it was 20 minutes or two hours, I never feel like I wasted my time. Yeah. Whereas, like, obviously, you know, like, ending the night <laughs> on a losing streak, like, ruins your fucking day. Well, you know? and, and half the time, too, like, if it's, you're like, okay, well, I got time to play one more, and then you lose it. It's like, well, I don't really want to go out on a loss, so I'll play again. Yeah. And then you get in this trap, and then all of a sudden, it's like 2 a.m., and you still have to go to work the next day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And don't get me wrong, like, I, I do, I mean, I enjoy fucking thought-intensive, stat-intensive games like Dota. Like, I'm looking at my Dota buff, I can't, like, profile right now, just, like, getting that high, just, like, looking at the numbers, like, oh, God, I need, <laughs> how did this work, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> just deep dive into the numbers and figure out what the fuck, but, yeah. but, uh, yeah, I don't know, it just comes down to... Um, I guess like how happy is this going to make me? And, um, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard because like these games do make me happy. And especially when you have f your friends playing, um, and especially when like you're, you're in those modes where like you don't like get short with people and you're yeah. able to just like play the game rather than like shitting on your friends. <laughs> like, yeah, you know. that, that part too was, was what kind of also drove me away a little bit yeah I got, I got tired i mean and i'm not really argumentative i usually just sit back and let it happen you know but uh yeah that was not my favorite there were certain people that just uh were kind of toxic to play with you can say my name bro you were cool. at times i'm not gonna lie <laughs> Yeah, dude, for sure. And that's like part of like why I just don't really enjoy playing those games anymore because it's like I'm not that person. Yeah. You know? But you play it and like nobody wants to waste their time. And um and then, you know, you see a mistake where it's just like uh you know, if I, you see a mistake and it's like you just made that mistake, man. Why'd you make that again? Why'd you make that mistake again? Yeah. All you had to do was like look in that place, you know, or whatever. Like, yeah. <laughs> or not stand there. Like that's the big one in Dodo. Yeah. You died just standing there. Why are you standing? But well, you know, I if, and I hate being that way and like being overly critical. But at yeah. the same time, it's like I want to play an elevated game because I think yeah. those are the most fun. Right. And and for me, like when I got into Dota, you guys had already been playing for quite a while, and yeah. so I didn't mind near as much because like. You know, Dota was your guys' thing, and I was, like, hopping on with you guys. And so I had a lot to learn. And so I, you know, could – I understood when I did something wrong, you know, because I'm new. I got to learn from my mistakes. So you guys will tell me when I make a mistake. But, like, with Counter-Strike, it was a little bit different because Counter-Strike was, like, my game back in the day. So then yeah. if people started yelling at me uh, doing something in Counter-Strike, it's like, well, dude, I know how to play. I know I made a mistake. Like, it's yeah. <laughs> my bad you know and and that actually was yeah. kind of a turnoff too that and then like just every game was oh he's hacking he, that guy's hacking for sure you know like it just went on yeah like that which, every single game which half the time they're probably not even hacking but well it's in i have a i have a chrome extension that allows me to um look at people's steam profiles and see if they've ever gotten a vac ban yeah and uh, the number of people who get vac ban in counter strike is just like astounding yeah. it's so high yeah so it's not out of the question especially and and if you look at uh, the trends uh between prime matchmaking and non-prime matchmaking it's um uh 
Uh, I think I saw the numbers that it's like 70% of games in non-prime matchmaking will have a hacker. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> right? Like yeah. That was And then it's and it drops dramatically once you get into prime. Yeah. And just that one check like stops so much yeah like just having to have an account for long enough and like putting in the time like right. isn't that fucking ridiculous yeah it's crazy yeah but that that totally like was something where it just at first it was like just a an annoyance you know i could deal with it because most of the time it was fun but then it was just like gradually going up and up and up where i just like my tolerance for it just disintegrated you know at a certain yep. point i was like all right yep I'm done with this. I need to go do yeah. something more productive. Yeah. And that's what it became for me. It, it just became an idea of like, not necessarily productivity, but I guess like just efficiency of like time spent doing something. Yeah. And, uh, and I would love to play, play games again, uh, like that with my bros. Um, but I, I've said it before. It's like, if there's a five stack, like I'll yeah. do it. Right. Um, yeah. And uh like I played Dota the other day. Like let's see when was my my last game. Oh, a month ago. I I played Counter-Strike the other day. That's what it was. I can't even fucking remember what games I'm playing because <laughs> I don't play them anymore. Uh I played Counter-Strike the other day and I was so bad. But it was just like cathartic. Yeah. And I told everybody I was like, "Sorry guys, like it was a five stack with Super Chicken and I was like, Sorry, guys, I haven't played in a while, so, like, forgive me. And they're like, well, what are you normally ranked at? I'm like, I usually, like, kind of hovering right around, you know, Silver Scrub Elite level. And they're like, oh, okay. Well, and I did really bad, but, you know, just kind of held down, like, a support role, basically. And uh, yeah. what and are they're th- like, oh, well, hey, better luck next time, man. And I was like, thanks. What are they ranked <laughs> at now? Because Chicken, uh, like, Chicken was playing with us, like, all the time back then. And that, yeah. but he was like starting out when we were kind of like tailing off. Yeah. Um, no, he's still, I think, around that level. Okay. Um, yeah, which I don't think is a bad level to be at because it's no, it's things it's more like, fun that way. When yeah. I hit like Gold Nova one or two, um, it just stopped being fun. Honestly, like yeah. I, I really wanted to gain rank and be better, but it was kind of like it. I'm just not as good as these people at all. And it's, and you die yeah. in really frustrating ways. And it's just like, yeah, it's not fun. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I said, though, like a 5v5 situation, like 10, 10 bros. So fun. Oh, you totally. Dude. Like the shit talk can just be like friendly. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like playing poker, you know? Yeah, like, exactly. Um. So if that ever happens, that'd be great. But it's just hard to organize everybody. I mean, I don't know. Maybe we, that should be something we should aim for one of these days. Because I would love to do that. Just like hake a night and just do... Yeah, 10 stack. Do, yeah, 10 stack freaking Counter-Strike. Or... Or Dota. You know, and just like rotate teams like um, after every game. Or like I did... Uh, <clears throat> I managed to get 10 people for Dota one night. And I had like a prize pool that I like put up myself for like the best performing players. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I put up prizes for like the best performing players in like randomly selected heroes. So there's like five heroes that if that I announced that if you played and your you know Dota buff like reported that like you did better overall. Um, like I don't remember how I calculated it, but um, then you would like get an item that I had like posted up. 
That's cool. Um, yeah. And then I had a and then I had a prize like a twenty dollar prize on Dota or whatever it was for like the best performing player as reported by Dota Buff. <laughs> and we got ten people for that. So that was fun. Like Yeah. There's a little bit of an an incentive then. Yeah. Yeah. For real. Anyways, yeah, it'd be fun to do sometime. Yeah. Cool, man. What else is new this week? We got crazy stuff going on with North Korea. Yeah, man. I know we what don't normally fuck? talk politics, but it directly impacts us since we're heading over to Japan. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, things have been a little um, intense, I guess. Like, uh, I'm, I'm in mind to just block it out because I don't think anything's going to happen. Like, nothing's happened yet. It'd be, like, ridiculous if something catastrophic happened, like, in the small window that we're there. Yeah. Um, and not only that, but, like, you know, it's like Rick Steves says, like, the moment that you stop traveling and enjoying the world is the moment that, like, evil people win. Yeah. You know, because that's what they want. They want you to stay home and not go out. They want you to be scared every time you go out your door. Right. Um, so I'm, a, you know, I'm just doing my best to ignore it. Um, I mean, there's, like, this weird, uh, like, I guess, anxious person in me that has, like, developed over the last just, like, few years. It's, like, I think about, like, the worst-case scenarios in extreme detail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's me <laughs> and, my whole you know, life. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm not like that, usually. I'm pretty good about it. Because I know, like, the real, like, I mean, I don't, I don't want to say the real world isn't like that because it can be for some people, but, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But either way, I mean, like, what's the worst that'll happen? Like, I mean, <laughs> the worst that would happen is we die in like nuclear war. But... <laughs> yeah. But you know, maybe that's seemingly instant. That's not that bad. I don't yeah. know. I guess it depends on where we are. Yeah. If, we're on, the, if we're on the outskirts, the... we're going to have a really painful death. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the most horrific and scary part to me, uh, as described um, by uh, Dan... Uh, wait. Dan Carlin? Uh, Dan Carlin, thank you. <laughs> in um, Destroyer of Worlds, when he's describing like several minutes after the initial blast when everything just catches fire. <laughs> like, could you fucking imagine how horrifying, like you just survived this like apocalyptic blast and you're like, okay, the worst is over. <laughs> and then all of a sudden these fires move in on you. Like, holy shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Pretty terrible. Yeah. I, but yeah, I mean, yeah, if that happens, I mean, I don't know. Everybody dies. True. So there's some... So there's that. Memento Mori, bro. Memento Mori. Yeah. Well, I'm just that anxious person, so there's that. And then there's also, like, I keep hearing all these things about airplane issues and whatever, of course. But it's probably just because I'm going to be flying on an airplane soon. And one of them was, uh, I don't know if you saw this, that uh, Air Canada, like... They had a, a, a flight going to San Francisco, I think, and they literally almost like hit the ground. 
they pulled up with like a less than a second before they would have hit the ground and like like going a ridiculous speed so like the pilots weren't paying attention or i don't know what probably drunk maybe dude um and we're using air canada so it was like oh cool so they have really yeah at uh, least it's a short flight though i know it's true yeah just uh portland to vancouver so but yeah i i'm really trying to get into the mode because it just like ever since we bought all of our places we're staying it's just kind of felt like all right we're done you know we don't have to think about this and now it's like we're leaving in a few weeks (laughs) it like snuck up on me and i haven't really been practicing japanese all that much lately Ugh. I know. And so I've been trying to remember but it's just like man so like been so busy and so stressed it's like hard to I know. Hard to you know just sit down and focus on something like that. Yeah, man. So, yeah, so Ali and I are this weekend are going to go through and just start getting in the mindset like figuring out exactly what we need for the trip and making sure all the reservations and stuff are all set up and yeah, all that kind of stuff. So I don't know, dude, it's crazy though. I'm getting excited and talking, yeah, talking like with my buddy, Utah, 20 days left or something. I know it's crazy. Yeah. But talking with my buddy, Utah was kind of was like, Oh yeah, dude. Like I might see him in a couple weeks. <laughs> this is happening. You know, it's crazy. So, yeah, I'm I'm really excited. It's hard for me though because and I feel bad because Bailey will talk to me and she's like, Rhett, we're going to Japan in a few weeks. I'm like, I know. She's like, Why don't you sound more excited? I'm like, I am, but there's so much fucking shit going on right now. Like I gotta focus on this stuff, you know? Like I gotta fucking be here uh until then. So it'll be like pretty much up until that Sunday before we leave when I'm done with the show. Uh and then I'll take a deep breath and get excited for japan yeah yeah dude i don't know same here i I think it's not gonna really soak in until it's like oh my god like (laughs) i have two yeah i have two days left before i'm going yeah and then i keep thinking about how fucking long that flight is dude i'm just like oh i know i need i need to think about what i'm gonna do because every other time i've had a long flight like that i've just been miserable yeah, so. I'm definitely going to bring my e-reader. Um, and uh, I have a mini chessboard, a magnetic chessboard I bring on every oh, trip cool. like this. All right. So it's uh, it's a fun distraction to have. Yeah. Well, um, we'll bring... It's not the best, but... We'll be, bring travel cribbage, so... Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, you were saying that. Oh, yeah. Also, we're bringing a pack of cards, too, because there's a really fun pinochle game. Oh, we can cool. all play. It's really easy. Yeah. Be awesome. Yeah, what else what else we got going on? It's been like kind of a crazy week. We haven't talked to each other Dude. hardly at all. I know, yeah. This is I, everybody listening's like, "Get to the game, Dev." You know, know what, guys? Shut up. Me and Taylor are people. <laughs> and we need to we need to connect and get re-caught up this week. I know. Uh, <laughs> Dude, the Dark Tower movie came out this week. Yeah, you're saying that. I Yeah, didn't realize it was out. Yeah, well, it's gotten lackluster reviews. For a good reason or uh, I, I disagree with the reviews. Um, do you want to elaborate? <laughs> well, 
Well, you know how critics are. Um, the trend seems to be like any movie that uh, fans like, critics hate. Any movie that critics like, fans hate. Um, yeah. And I don't necessarily... It does seem that a lot of people um, don't really like this movie that much. Although I have read a lot of things from fans of the book who are just like happy to see some of the things done well done interestingly i didn't think the movie was that bad um but i'm not a movie snob by any means so see um, and we we actually had planned on talking about the dark tower movie probably two or three months ago when the trailer came out and it's funny because rhett uh rhett and i like mentioned that we were going to talk about it and then I was like, what'd you think? Sitting there thinking, oh my god, it looks so bad. And Rhett was like, dude, it looks so awesome! <laughs> and I was yeah. like, huh. Well, the trailer the trailer looked too action-y. Yeah, see, that's, that's what set me off, was there's this, like, scene in the trailer where Roland, like, throws a bullet up in the air or something and then he like it's all in slow motion and you got kind of like this rotating camera like following the bullet or something and he whips his gun open and he catches the bullet in the chamber then like flips it and you know like loads it and then fires and it like shoots somebody like four miles away or something and i was just like yeah that is so dumb like, I don't I, think that scene made it into the movie. Really? <laughs> yeah, there's a couple scenes I noticed that were in the trailer that didn't make it into the movie. Okay. Yeah, I was like, I I really enjoyed the Dark Tower series, the books. You finished the books, right? I did. Yeah. Um, but I didn't feel like I wanted it to be a Marvel movie. I'm tired of of this. It's it's really not. Okay, good. Cuz they made it they made it seem like it was just going to be like this crazy fast-paced action thriller kind of thing, you know? Yeah. And I don't know. Like there's parts you know, of that, but I'm just tired of it. I'm just so tired of it. Yeah. Well, I'm <laughs> s- you know, I'm sorry you feel that way about Marvel movies because most of them are pretty good. Like you know, I mean, they have they've established their their sort of you know standard. Like you said, they definitely have a feel about them. But well, it's there's, it's there's, not just they're always go ahead. It's not just that. Like I don't think Marvel movies in general are bad. I do find them entertaining, and I I think that what they've done with their universe in film is cool. You know, yeah. and, and there are plenty of marvel movies that i really like i really liked uh guardians of the galaxy i really liked deadpool um i logan i haven't seen logan yet but one of the best yeah and then i just saw um i just saw spider-man homecoming which is like easily the best version of spider-man i've ever seen like it's so good yeah yeah well i'm like i i liked the first iron man movie and whatever but that's my favorite one but it's just like at a certain point it just becomes overkill to me and how much action can you really have before it's too much like i don't know i tried to watch 
uh, Avengers 2 Age of Ultron, and it started off and it was just like nonstop action for like 20 minutes, and I was like, yep, saw enough, turn it off. Like, I just can't, yeah, I just can't do it. It's interesting because, you know, like maybe once, I, I definitely feel the same way. Like, if there's no use to it, like, I don't, I don't care to watch them fight. I'd rather see the drama. Yeah. You know, like the drama of the superheroes is the best part, which I think is what the Netflix Marvel shows do so fucking well, dude. Yeah. Like Daredevil. Yeah. The action scenes are fucking amazing. Yeah. Like so visceral Mm -hmm. and so fucking well done. Like the hallway fight scene in season one, easily the best filmed fucking fight scene like on TV probably. Like, but... The drama is so fucking good. Yeah. The challenges of like, uh, you know, like the character development and like the plot challenges and and uh, and, and sort of like the the tug and f- pull between the hero and the villain. Yeah. Like it's fucking top tier television <laughs> while being about superheroes. Yeah. Well, and and I um, I'm not arguing that there should be no action, but it it's one of those things where like if they built it up and and you were just sitting there like waiting for it, you know, give like you're anticipating it to happen and they don't just give it to you right away. Then when it actually does happen, you're just like, yes, finally, you know, but they just yeah. like start off and it's like they blow up buildings and like, you know, instantly it's like, well, we don't really need a fight scene, but let's have fight scene number 28 in this movie. Yeah, because why not? You know? Like the one fight scene that always annoyed me in Age of Ultron 2, and I've only seen the movie once because I, I was pretty disappointed by it. I was like really looking forward to James Spader's performance as Ultron hmm. um, because there's no strings on me. The trailer like gave me a hard on basically, <laughs> you know, like when he comes up and he's like, yeah. you know, he's all like wobbly and fucking um, like half built Ultron, you know, at yeah. the beginning. I don't I was really like, remember. That it, is yeah. fucking it. What? I said I don't really remember what the And he says there's no strings on me, the famous like he and then he's playing the famous like Pinocchio song because now it's Disney mm. and it's all fucked up though. Like, oh so good. Anyway. <laughs> um I was really looking forward to that and I think like I mean I don't know how Ultron is in the comics, to be honest, because I didn't ever really read those, but um he ended up being like just a quippy like version of like Tony Stark, but like he was just quippy. Yeah. I was like, This is dumb. Yeah. Um, I will say I'm really looking forward to Thor Ragnarok though. Like the trailer looks really fucking good. And I just, I liked how they decided to go with like the sweet eighties, like retro theme and the trailer, like so cool. Um, yeah, but I digress. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember the dark tower. Oh yeah. The dark tower. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, uh, I mean, are you going to watch it? Like, do you I want to I... spoil it, like some things or if you want to, um, I think I'll watch it, but it's going to be one of those movies where I don't, I don't think I'll care that much about it, you know? Well, maybe I won't spoil the plot. Yeah. Um, maybe I'll just give you like, I don't know. Well, I don't know how much I can say because like, yeah. I lo- I love spoiling things, but <laughs> most people hate me for that reason. So yeah, well don't spoil it then. And yeah. Well, then I have nothing to say. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I'll say this. I'll say, without going into too much detail, um, they dropped a lot of Easter eggs that like connect it 
to like just like how the dark tower in the books like connects to Stephen King's like other books yeah. and worlds mm-hmm. they dropped a lot of easter eggs that show that like there's connections like in the trailer this isn't spoilers cuz it's in the trailer is that all right yeah go for it uh Jake is talking to his therapist and there's like a tremor some sort of like earthquake or something and it shows a picture of the overlook hotel from the shining mm. on um, yeah yeah you know on the shelf uh which is actually just a picture of timberline lodge in oregon but oh um, it's but it shows a picture of it on the shelf like rattling and um and yeah so there's like one connection right there like that these worlds are connected interesting i mean um, yeah that's kind of cool and i and i I figure there will be things I like about it, but if it turns into dumb action constantly, then that's no. I, not I was surprised actually. Uh, I mean, I guess I I don't I hate doing this because I, I I always set people up with certain expectations and then like their response to the movie like isn't right, and this happens to me. So I don't I guess I don't want to do this too much for you, but I was surprised uh, by the amount of action in the movie based off of what I saw in the trailer. Okay. Like there was action, but to be honest, like it felt like it would have in the books. Okay, cool. You know what I mean? Like yeah. in the books, like you kind of laugh at some of the dumb gun stuff that happens because you and you're like, oh, fantasy books. <laughs> well, I mean, but uh, there's there's one scene in the in the gunslinger that is like the coolest. I felt like one of the coolest action scenes of any book or movie I've ever read. Uh, what happens? Remember, remember the scene where he's in, I forget the name of the town, but the whole town goes after him? You like that scene? Dude, I thought it was awesome. He kills, like, the whole town. I know. It's your first introduction to to Roland, and you don't really know how powerful he is. <laughs> he just executes the whole town and then leaves, dude. Like, <laughs> Yeah, because they were, like... Uh kind of like crazy they were yeah like enthralled by the man in black yeah exactly so it does two things it shows how powerful roland is and it shows how powerful the man in black is so then after that scene you're just like oh god there's gonna be like an epic standoff between these two you know yeah but i i really liked the gunslinger in general because it i don't know you don't know the dark tower yet really and it's yeah. it, it brings in all this kind of like myth and it feels very like dark samurai and western grimy. kind of thing yeah. and uh yeah i just i just really liked it um i liked the gunslinger too but i think it was the weakest installment um probably but it's also like super short and it was written yeah like when I, he was 19 or whatever yeah. So I read it in one night. The night that I moved, um, into uh, I moved. F- it was my last night in my house on Linden Street before I moved to St. Mary's. Oh, interesting. Um, and it was your book. <laughs> <laughs> I think you gave yeah. me uh, Wizard in Glass then, or something. Yeah, I might have. Yeah. Um. Which okay. So that's one thing that interests me about this. So the movie. Uh, it's supposed to, it's supposedly supposed to kick off a wizard and glass uh, like TV show, which I thought was like, really? oh, actually, what a good idea, because huh. that 
that book, like while slow and tedious, could be a good TV. Like has a lot of drama. Yeah, and like a lot of I think good television. Yeah, I would agree. Interesting. Um, and the payoff at the end, dude. The canyon fight scene. Oh yeah, like, dude. I know. Fucking legendary. <laughs> yeah. Um, that book though was uh the one that. It's actually one of the books I've had the hardest time getting through in my whole life. Oh yeah, everybody did, bro. Yeah. Yeah, nobody nobody had an easy time getting through that book. Um and some things from that book make an appearance in the movie, which is kind of cool. Nice. Um Merlin's Rainbow or whatever. So that's kind of cool. Um Nice, dude. Yeah, I enjoyed the movie. Um but I I'll say it's a fault of mine. I enjoy movies. Uh, one of my favorite movies of all times has like a 35 on Rotten Tomatoes. What, Sahara? Um, yeah. <laughs> Does it? <laughs> yeah, See, it has a 35 on Rotten yeah, Tomatoes. Yeah, it's funny because you love Sahara, and I I haven't seen it in probably 10 years, but you talked it up so much, and then I watched it, and I was like, huh. <laughs> yeah, it's not like a great piece of cinema. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, probably, probably my favorite movie right now actually is like Interstellar and people make fun of me for that, but that movie just like, I liked Interstellar. I've, I've only seen it once though. It's everything I've ever wanted out of like a space movie. Yeah. That was super good. dude. so, so fun. Um, and seeing it in IMAX, like just blew me away. (laughs) Um, but, uh, yeah, Sahara, it's just a fun little, like, adventure flick and like i watch that and i'm like oh i should go on adventures you know what i mean like this is like the mo- it's like it's like not indiana jones but you know it's like a little bit more i guess like just down to earth than that yeah it is but it's like another version of that it, kind of yeah it kind like of they're looking for lost gold yeah it kind of has similar feel to the mummy as well i think yeah, which I really like. And yeah. then and then the action stuff in Secondhand Lions, you know? I don't know if I saw that. What? Yeah, maybe. Secondhand Lions, the two old guys and the young boy and Yeah. Pretty sure I didn't see that. And they have like The Hidden Fortune. Okay, that's a great movie. You that's, need to go that's watch that. That's the one with the kid from uh Sixth Sense, right? Yeah, he's in it, and then it's Robert Duvall and Michael Caine, and they play brothers, two like eccentric old men who live out in the middle of nowhere, and uh, the boy's mom like sends him off to go live with these two. I think they're um, like uncles, like long lost uncles or something like that. And he sends a, the boy to go live with them because she has business to go do, but she's actually sending the boy in there to like root out this mysterious fortune that they might have oh interesting yeah and uh and they got all this gold adventuring like in the middle east and like northern africa and shit (laughs) and the boy starts bonding with these men who are like you know tough old guys you know and they they're very set in their ways and they think that they're like in the twilight of their lives basically yeah and so they start reminiscing about adventures and like one of them starts telling the stories of their adventures to the young boy and so the movie is told like you know with them in present time and then going back to like when Robert Duvall's character was like a young man and adventuring in northern Africa and like battling this sheik and like rescuing this woman and like the love of his life and all this stuff, you know, and yeah. it's and it's like a coming of age story, 
Um, but also like this story about these like old men coming to grips with the fact like their lives definitely aren't over. Yeah. Huh. That's cool. Yeah. I, I, really fucking good movie. Yeah, dude. It's a, it's it. a kid's movie. Okay. It's like a family movie yeah. for sure, but it's so fu- It's like one of my favorites. So good. Huh. All right. Well, I'll have to add it to the list. Yeah, you should. Anyways, yeah. Dark Tower was great. I saw it in a, uh, I saw it in a budget theater, which like is probably part of why my opinion of it's okay. Like, I don't know if I would have been happy, like going to the theater and then realizing I spent $40, you know, between Oof. tickets and snacks and whatever. Yeah. But see, um, I don't, I don't I went and paid. What? Go ahead. Sorry. No, you what were you going to say? <laughs> I, the last few times I've been to a movie theater, I don't know if I've mentioned this at all, but they've been very bad experiences. So I just don't really want to go to the theater anymore either. Like, yeah, I do hate people. Yeah, but um, if you go at the right times, dude, like, there's nobody at theaters yeah, anymore. It's true. <laughs> like, well, but also that like and I, spending ten dollars for a ticket is just kind of crazy to me. But yeah, well, I went and paid for three people, and it was like fifteen bucks. Yeah, see, that's not bad. So, I mean, the trick is like matinees and budget theaters. Yeah. Um, you just gotta find them. Yeah. Uh, of course, I have the Palace in Silverton, which is like six dollar matinees. Yeah. Palace is um, awesome. And then you can get you can get like a popcorn and like soda pop for like an extra six bucks or something. Yeah. Like it's not bad. <laughs> done deal. Yeah. <laughs> or actually it's like it's like two pops and a large popcorn for like seven bucks or something, seven fifty. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, it's a really good fucking deal. And then but we went to the I don't know, the one in Salem that like has weekly showings of or it has showings during Monday through Friday that are like six bucks or something or five or six bucks. Uh huh. So, and you can see any movie there as long as it's not opening weekend or whatever. Like, so it was pretty cheap. And, um, I don't know. There's not much else I can say without spoiling it, but yeah, I'll uh, put it on it was my a list. Better, it was a better adaptation than like a lot of things, you know, it like wasn't Lord of the Rings. It wasn't Harry Potter, but it like better than Aragon, better oh, than, God. Uh, <laughs> like what other adaptations are bad um pretty much every every other movie that's based off of well i guess not based off of a book because most movies are based off of books but there's a lot that are bad yeah but aragon was god awful this yeah like, it was fun just to see how they handled it yeah like well, this I also, magical world that has long lost technologies and yeah. I also I don't know if this is true or not, but I've heard that it's actually a sequel to the to the books. Yeah. So well, supposedly it is. They didn't really like touch on that at all in the movie itself, but yeah. that's what they said. Yeah. So that like, might help put it into a different perspective for me too. Yeah, I dude, I went in the bar was set really low and i will say the first 10 minutes had so much cringe worthy stuff really? <laughs> yeah yeah like i um and I, and i'll say like i really enjoyed like idris elba's performance yeah i was actually um, pretty stoked that he's the gunslinger like and i won't say that he na- nailed it out of the park yeah. but i thought that he he portrayed it like pretty well yeah um, and then Matthew McConaughey, like not his most inspired performance either, but like thoroughly enjoyable. Yeah. Like I actually <clears throat> really liked seeing his face and, uh, dude, he like played a really good bad guy. 
Oh, yeah. I could see him being a bad guy. And now I was thinking the other day, like, because uh, me and Lee, uh, Lee's caught up all the way on the Dresden Files. And so, like, I, I like to play the casting game where you take your favorite book or whatever and you, Pick. like, lay out your fantasy cast yeah. for it. And I was thinking, like, dude, Matthew McConaughey would be, like, one of the best like recurring big bads from the Dresden Files. <laughs> like he would play it so fucking good. Yeah. Like, especially totally now see seeing that. him as like the man in black. Yeah. You know, it's like exactly how I imagine that character. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, overall, I mean, I, I don't really understand the hate. I mean, I do and I don't. Um, well, I just also like another I think I've told you about this before, maybe even on the podcast. I don't know. Um, Ready Player One, the book. Yeah. The book is amazing. Saw the previews yeah. to the movie. Looks like freaking Avengers. So I'm already, I think it looks terrible. Isn't Steven Spielberg behind that? Yeah. Which Steven Spielberg to me is, uh, I don't know if I like him or not anymore, to be honest. Like, as a kid, I really liked him. I mean, he obviously has some really great movies. Jurassic Park, Saving Private Ryan. Um, Jaws, Schindler's Jaws, List. yeah, all those. E.T. But he seems to... I can't think of any off the top of my head. But it seems like he's very hit and miss. Really? That's my opinion. Yeah. Let me... Um... Let me see what are some some that I've watched recently where I was like, oh my god, it's a Steven Spielberg. And then it's like, eh, that was not that good. Um, I mean, but also I guess he's he's been a producer on 159 movies and directed 56. Yeah, yeah just look at director credits. Yeah. Um, War of the Worlds, the BFG, I thought was meh. I heard was kind of dumb. Yeah, BFG. Dude, actually, the more I watch that World of the Worlds movie, dude, it's not bad. Really? Have you? How many times have you seen it? Um, maybe I think just once. Minority dude, it's Report. Not that bad. Meh. The last Minority Indiana Report's Jones fucking good. was freaking garbage. You don't like Minority Report? Who the fuck are you? I I the thing is with Minority Report was I thought it was one of those movies that at the time was hyped so hard for me and then I watched it and I was like wow that was way worse than than what it should have been I watched it without knowing anything about it and it like blew my mind huh I mean I guess most of these look like they're pretty good but I I don't know maybe um, I'm just thinking because the last Indiana Jones movie was so garbage yeah uh, terrible and I heard the BFG was pretty bad yeah I heard that too I haven't seen Lincoln. War Horse dude, was if you decent. Look at, if you look at everything he started doing, like he did Jaws, then Close Encounters, then I've never seen 1941, yeah. but I heard it was good. Raiders of the Lost Ark, E.T. Yeah. Um, Twilight Zone, the movie, he did segment two. That's like the best segment. I don't think I've actually seen that. Twilight Zone is uh, one of my God. favorite shows, too. Um, you've never seen the movie? No, I don't think so. Oh, dude. They do the, um, famous... Or do they remake them, basically? Um, yeah, well, they do, like, yeah, some of the best 
stories. Um, like, you know, the famous, uh, what's it, uh, you know, Star Trek guy, um, you know, Captain Kirk. Oh yeah. That's what I was thinking. Uh, I can't think of his name though. Wow. Fuck me. Uh, <laughs> William Shatner. William Shatner. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> anyway. So, you know, the one, there's something out on the plane. Oh yeah, uh, dude. I love that episode. But what's the guy who did it? Um, the guy who did it in the movie, you mean John Lithgow. Yeah. John Lithgow oh. does it in the movie and it's so fucking good, <laughs> dude. Yeah, Nightmare at 20,000 Feet. It's the fourth segment in the movie. And it's basically just four different stories. Yeah. The movie's really good, dude. You should watch it. I think I will. I actually didn't even know they had a movie. Yeah. I used to always, like, on uh, New Year's and also Fourth of July, they always have the Twilight Zone marathon on uh, sci-fi. And I would just sit there and watch it, like, all day. So good. But, yeah. Yeah, dude. Uh, I love Twilight Zone, and yeah. the movie is very well done. Nice. So I just realized oh, we're dude. at hour ten. <laughs> oh yeah, we should totally we should stop. wrap this up. I think we're rambling a bit. Anyways, uh, the one who does Nightmare at twenty thousand feet directed it is George Miller, who did Mad Max. So there you go. Oh, cool. All right. Yeah, cool. I'll have to get that. Anyways, all right. Well, this is a good place to wrap up. Yeah. Well, thanks for uh, just jumping into a snapshot of. Mine and Rhett's life. Uh, <laughs> I, we just talked about random things that popped into our mind today, but sometimes that's that's what you get. So, uh, anyways, appreciate you guys tuning in to Game Devs Quest. I'm Taylor. That's Rhett. Uh, you can hit Boom. us up on Twitter at Game Devs Quest, uh, Twitch twitch.tv forward slash Game Devs Quest, and other things as well. But good enough for now. So <laughs> good enough for now. All right, guys. Have music, have a baby. Good day. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>